ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 355th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to take a look at Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns this weekend with our very special guest, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Thanks for joining us today, Mary Kay. How's it going up in the land? In the land, all kinds of things going on in the land, Dee, as you know. Uh, but yeah, it's going okay, and I'm happy to, to join you today. Well, thanks for coming by, and I uh, um, want to just jump right into it. Uh, Miles Garrett, uh, what's the, the latest on his uh, situation and the, the car accident from yesterday? Yeah, that was so bizarre. I was the last person to talk to Miles Garrett before he left the locker room. I was asking him about uh, the Steelers player jumping on Anthony Walker Jr.'s back when he was down on the field. And Miles said to me, you know, that was a bull SHIT play. And, uh, you know, there's no way he should have done that. And so, you know, I'm writing this story and trying to get that out uh, before, you know, doing a, a bunch of other things. And then I, I went to leave the facility, and as I was walking to my car, I get a text from uh, from my colleague, Dan Lobby, and he's saying, Did, have you seen that Miles flipped his car? And I'm like, I just had posted uh, the Bull SH story, and uh, I come to find out that Miles had flipped his car. So I went into uh, full panicky reporter mode over that whole story. But the, you know, the number one takeaway, obviously, is that Miles Garrett is okay, that he doesn't have any life-threatening injuries and that he's alive because if you got a chance to see the car, I mean, th this car was severely crashed after he flipped it over several times. He and his passenger uh, were released from the hospital last night. He has non-life-threatening injuries, as I mentioned. Um, nothing is broken, his agent told me. However, I would believe that, you know, there's probably a good chance he's not going to be able to play on Sunday. I think his body had enough of an impact that, uh, you know, that maybe they'll go ahead and sit him out, even if as a precautionary measure. But we don't really know yet what those other injuries might be. So something to keep an eye on. But what a harrowing experience for the for Miles and for the Browns yesterday. Yeah, no question about it. Well, thank you for that update. And, uh, you know, folks down here, a lot of my listeners have been following Nick since his, uh, uh, you know, high school days and then on at University of Georgia. Uh, how's Nick Chubb uh, been playing here early in the season? I know a lot of people saw the Thursday night game and, and so forth, but uh, how's Nick uh, been playing as they had to lean on him a little bit more with Jacoby at quarterback? Well, I'll tell you what. Nick has actually hit another gear this year, which I didn't even know that that was possible. He is so good. I mean, I think he's probably the best pure runner in the NFL. He is just so darn good. And he is running behind a really good offensive line, two really good Pro Bowl tackles. Now Jack Conklin's back. I mean, two Pro Bowl guards. 
Jack Conklin is back at right tackle. Jed Wills picking it up over there at left tackle. So he, he's got a great line to run behind. But uh, in his own right, Nick is incredible. And he's going airborne a lot this year. I was asking uh, Kareem Hunt about that yesterday. Those two guys just have decided this year they're just going to start, like, hurtling people and, and leaving their feet and being up in the air. I guess they feel like there's whole new terrain up there uh, in, in the stratosphere. So, you know, they're doing all kinds of crazy things like that, you know, jump cuts and whatever it takes. I mean, you saw Nick go airborne to get that touchdown on fourth down, and he has been a delight for, for Browns fans, and he is definitely coming in handy without Deshaun Watson. That's uh, awesome to hear for the folks down here. They uh, followed him uh, throughout his career, and uh, good to see he's off doing uh, great things in Cleveland. How's Denzel Ward playing for y'all at corner, and what was that whole uh, mess up at the end of the Jets game there where Corey Davis is running down the sideline by himself and so forth? Well, you know what? We never really got to the bottom of it. Denzel said that that was not his assignment, that he was not supposed to have him on that. Uh, but then we talked to Grant Delpit, who then it looked like it would have been his assignment. And he made it seem like, hey, I'm not going there. I'm not going to throw any. Uh, I'm not going to play the blame game with my teammates. So I think basically what happened is, uh, you know, the, the truth could be somewhere in the middle. I think, uh, you know, someone thought that they were supposed to be in uh, a different coverage than they were supposed to be in. They did not communicate well on the coverage. Uh, it, you know, and I don't know exactly who was at fault there. And I, and we still might get to the bottom of it, might not. Um, but whatever the case may be, they started communicating a lot better last week. You could see them giving each other the hand signals and making sure that they don't have these blown coverages because that was back-to-back -back weeks where they had one. They also had the 75-yard blown coverage against the Carolina Panthers. So they have to hope that um, you know that they've gotten that taken care of and that it doesn't happen again. But now they don't have Anthony Walker Jr., who is their um, was their signal caller. So they've got Jacob Phillips in at Mike Linebacker. He'll be wearing the green sticker. He'll be calling the defensive plays on the field. So I do think the communication will still be a work in progress. Okay. And lastly for you, Mary Kay, um, what's the latest on Jadavian Clowney? Well, Jadavian, boy, if they don't have Miles or Jadavian this game, uh, that's going to be really tough for them because then they will be down to some rookie depth at defensive end. Jadavian suffered what looked like a pretty bad ankle sprain a couple of weeks ago against the Jets. He did sit, sit out the Steelers game, and he did not practice yesterday. So either he's going to heal really, really quickly and play in this game, or the Browns could potentially be without their two uh, over, number one overall pick, ferocious defensive ends, Pro Bowl, multiple Pro Bowl defensive ends, and uh, that would be bad for the Browns. Well, hey, uh, Mary Kay, um, thanks for coming by. I want to um, tell my uh, listeners where to follow you at on Twitter. It's at Mary Kay Cabot, M-A-R-Y-K-A-Y. C-A-B-O-T, the Browns beat writer at Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer, Browns analyst for WKYC-TV. That's still Channel 3, right, Mary Kay? Yes, it is. And, yep, all right. And then the, she's also a pro football Hall of Fame selector. So we're going to ask you all to follow Mary Kay this week as you get ready for the Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 
Thank you so much, Mary Kay, for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Take care. Look forward to seeing you at the stadium on Sunday. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we'd like to thank Mary Kay Cabot for coming on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast and giving us an inside look at what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. Hey, Falcons coach Arthur Smith talked to the media on Monday, and uh, we also had Coach Kevin uh, Stefanski talk to the Cleveland media on Monday also. So we're going um, to start with Coach Smith, get into some Falcon issues, then we'll take a break here, and then we'll go heavy Browns to close out here on the podcast this uh, week as the Falcons are getting ready to play the Cleveland Browns at 1 p.m. on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So one of the issues for the Falcons now is, uh, uh, you know, how much of Corderell Patterson is too much of Corderell Patterson. Uh, you know, 22 carries in the opener, 120. Then he got loose for 141 and 17 carries. Uh, the RB2 is still on IR. That is uh, Damian Williams. And Tyler Algier has been able to take a few carries off his plate. Uh, in the last couple of games. But here is Coach Arthur Smith on managing Patterson's workload. We evaluate everything and um, we'll put together a plan, uh, really try to how we wanted to manage the offseason and uh, training camp. And there's still an art to it right now. And he's playing really good football. And I, I think Tyler's doing a decent job too, supplementing some carries. And uh, we'll see where it takes off. But he's still a valuable piece and we we can still move CP around if we need to. Well, uh, my guys, I did the Fantasy World podcast this morning, and they counted it up for me, so this is their, their numbers. They had them at 30 plays in the backfield and uh, five uh, flanked out. So that's all full. That's pretty much full-time running back uh, formationally for the Atlanta Falcons. That's Corderell Patterson that we're talking about. So the, um, you know, flanking them out, uh, they're not showing it that much here early. Uh, but, you know, that's part of it. But right now he's full-time, full-time running back, full-time running back for Corderell Patterson. Now, um, you know, you know, Coach kept pointing back to last year, and I'm like, man, they only ran the ball good, you know, one game. I mean, they were 31st. I mean, but he saw something uh, in the offensive line that, you know, let them to stick with this group here. And, uh, you know, they've been able to get after it here early and, and uh, open up some holes and so forth. So here's what he had to say about the offensive line. You know, our rushing attack, it, I, I've said this all the time, it goes, it's all 11. When you watch some of those runs, you watch that big run by Patterson when he cuts back. You're going to watch Kyle Pitts. You're going to watch Felipe Franks and Avery Williams make those, spring those blocks. That's how those become, you know, seven, eight-yard runs into explosive runs when you get guys – buying in and all 11. And so um, certainly the offensive line, they're playing really well. Uh, really like where they're trending and it's going to be a unique challenge. We got a, a huge challenge this week against Cleveland. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, the offensive line, they can keep this up. This is a, a, a major improvement. You know, the linemen like to go run and knock people around, uh, you know, so and it's keeping the pass rush uh, off of the quarterback, too, because when they do uh, want to throw it, the pocket has been clean. You did see Mariota get uh, uh, sacked on a couple blitzes and so forth where they stopped honoring the uh, RPO fakes at one point. But uh, they did enough, and the line has uh, must be commended here early in the season. Now 
Uh, once you see them do it, it's like, hey, bring it on. You got to see them do it again and again and again. So they're out to a good start. And if they can keep this up, this will be a much improved unit for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, uh, much of the discussion last week was, hey, Kyle Pitts, um, not getting a lot of targets, not getting a lot of catches, uh, two for 19 in the first two games. And so the Falcons came out and got the ball to him uh, eight times in the first half, one time in the second. Uh, so um, we wanted to discuss with Coach Arthur Smith about how Kyle Pitts is being used in the offense. You know, we've targeted him uh, pretty much the same. You know, it's just, you know, the defense has a say. And then, like I said, it's a you know, give and take. And it's probably I've said it many times why Drake's been as open as he has early in the season. But still, we got to evolve. And you never want to – we haven't played any of these three games. When you really dissect it, we haven't played them the same. We've gone in there with different strategies, and there's a lot of different subtle things that I'm not going to get into. But um, – we th- we thought there were some opportunities early in this game, Israel Mark, that we wanted to try to exploit. Um, that's why you saw the first play. Uh, we got a look that we had seen and that's something we hadn't shown before. And um, again, the way that went, I mean, even though we don't make that play and we had to pull up at the last second, um, I think they feel that early, you know. And so there's sometimes uh, even when we don't make those plays, at least the, the DBs you get them you get them thinking a little bit that they say hey, there's something different this week and. Um, and thankfully, you know, we got Kyle in a rhythm. I thought he finished really well with the ball in his hands on that screen. I mean, he was humming down there to, to truck the guy right at the, at the end and then ran a play pass to him. And, you know, they, they bit on it and the guy grabbed him and, you know, Marcus ran in the next play. I mean, he has a huge impact and I can go on and on and on. But uh, we'll continue to look at Mark. He's a huge part of our success. Um, he's played really good football. And if you really study the, uh, the run game, too, he's – He's becoming a complete, complete player. Yeah, and when they, when they say that complete player stuff, they're talking about blocking. And, and Patterson also gave credit to Avery Williams and Felipe Franks on that 40-yard run where he shot it out the back door. So, you know, Coach covered it pretty much all. He's getting attention. They You know, they look for their opportunities to take their shots with Kyle Pitts. And, and you know, we looked at that last Sunday. He got off to a kind of, you know, kind of the slow start last season. Also, things erupted in the game five in London where he had 100 yards. Then he had the, just the crazy game in Miami, the 160. And then he comes back with another 120-yard uh, game later on in the season. So, um, you know, they haven't moved him around a whole lot. You know, a little bit outside. Uh, the one formation to look for that uh, has been productive is when they put him and Drake London together outside. That, uh, you know, that causes defenses uh, and the secondary to declare. And, you know, that basically means, you know, there's going to be a running lane on the backside of that or even up the middle. Tyler Algier had a good run up the middle against Seattle. And, you know, uh, Corderell Patterson, He's he's kind of a virtuoso back there. I don't think he's running the he's running a daylight is what he's doing. Uh, you know they'll be stretching to the right, and his job is to find the, where he can get the most room at, and and that's what he's been able to do for the uh, Falcons, and that's um, going to open things up for Pitts. And if Pitts is pulling coverage, you know then then Drake London's available. 
So the one play that coach was talking about there was a pass interference where, you know, it put the ball on the one, you know, that that doesn't count as a target. I counted it. It was the ninth. It was, That makes it the number nine and the official number of targets is eight. So, you know, seven, seven in the first game targets, uh, four in the second game. And then, uh, you know, uh, four unofficially, one of them was a DPI. And then in this game, they threw it to him eight times in the first half, one in the second. And so that's nine. That's pretty uh, hearty amount of targets. He should be in the eight to 10 range uh, for every game you see. Um, you know, Kansas City, they get Travis Kelsey his targets. You know, um, he's going to get over 10 a game. So uh, they are trending in the right direction with the targets to Kyle Pitts. Now, um, they have a big challenge coming up, and they know about it, and we've discussed a little bit about Nick Chubb here already. But uh, on the defensive line, if that success versus Seattle uh, can be duplicated, and what the challenge is for the Falcons' defense as they get ready to face Nick Chubb. A really physical game on Sunday. You know, they're going to try to run Nick Chubb 500 times, and we got to stop him. We're going to try to run the ball and, and play our game, too, and we'll do different things. So uh, defensively, uh, you know, I think TQ Graham's playing really well. A lot of subtle things. I think some of his pressures late affected the quarterback, and he kind of grinded out some rush. Um, and that's why you keep chipping away. And I think Lorenzo Carter, nice job setting that one up. And uh, those are the games within the games. You know, he's going against Charles Cross and some other way he's rushing him. And then he got him. And then, you know, we needed a play. And he had set that thing up. And he was able to, to, to pull him back in there and make a big, big sack. And the same thing with Grady. So uh, please, you know, obviously there's a lot of things we got to clean up. But some of these young guys and we're making some pretty good progress. Yeah, if Nick get, gets it 500 times, that would be a, a whole lot of carries there. But you get the feel, you know, he's expecting a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. And they also have Kareem Hunt, uh, the quarterback's Jacoby Brissett. We'll go over some of their other weapons here later on uh, after we uh, do this. We're going to toss to the break right now. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to hear uh, from Coach Kevin Stefanski. He spoke to the Cleveland media on uh, Monday. And here's what he had to say about the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think it's a good team. Uh, well coached, um, good players uh, across the board. Having watched it this morning and, and diving into the scheme, uh, I think it's really sound on all three sides of the ball. Uh, so it's going to be a, a big challenge for us. 
All right, Coach Kevin, the Browns are really, really close to being three and zero. If you saw the the collapse against the Jets game, you know that that's what happened. They lost the onside kick. They lost Corey Davis in coverage. Mary Kay talked a little bit about that, but uh, yeah, Coach Kevin is. They have a lot going on up in Cleveland uh, with Deshaun Watson suspension. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was uh, signed, and he he'll be starting this game. Uh, here's what Coach Kevin had to say uh, about Jacoby and if he's more confident in Jacoby Brissett. I don't think so. No, I, I really don't. I think it's a, a lot of what we see on Sundays or whatever, Thursdays, are the culmination of work. Pretty simple. All right. That's what he talks about, uh, you know, Jacoby's uh, being kind of even killed guy and how he approaches things and so forth. Uh, they did tell the Cleveland folks about how they uh, wanted to talk about, um, you know, you can watch on film and see how a guy can play. You know, everybody's got film now in the NFL. But, you know, you wanted to, um, they wanted to talk to his teammates, former teammates and coaches to kind of see what kind of guy he was. And, you know, anybody's, you know, they do that kind of due diligence uh, in the National Football League. Even though you know, um, you know they did go out and sign Deshaun Watson and guaranteed him all that money and uh, beat out the um, Atlanta Falcons at one point. I was talking to a lot of people up there, they said at one point they were pretty sure he was headed here, uh, and then you know uh, with all the cases and so forth. But he's not in this game, so we don't want to spend a lot of time. Uh, there's been a lot written about. Uh, the cases and his situation and his suspension. So you can Google that if you want that. We're just trying to get you ready for the game here. But then Jacoby Brissett is going to be a big part of that. So I'm going to go look at, we're going to look at some of the Browns um, key stats. And then we'll come back with some more here from Coach Kevin. Uh, since he kind of set the table with um, Jacoby, let's go look at uh, his stats for the season. He's 61-92. and 92. Uh, 66.3% of his passes have been completions for 596 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, he's been sacked four times, a uh, 94.3 quarterback rating. So he's he's steady. What they're doing is running the ball. <laughs> they're running the ball uh, with Nick Chubb. Nick is 62 carries for 341 yards. In a longer 36. Also, Kareem Hunt is has 36 carries. So um, between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that's uh, over 100 carries already. So he's got 36 for 151, 4.2 a carry, and he has a 24-yard touchdown. So uh, the Browns are averaging 4.1 yards a carry, led by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now the uh, receiving core is new uh, their big guy they went out and got Amari Cooper former cowboy and raider and uh, so forth and uh, Amari Cooper is uh, leading the way with 19 catches for 219 yards and two touchdowns uh, just a great pro up there the folks tell me they've been a joy to, to work with him and uh, some people were surprised when they did this contract with uh, David Njoku over the offseason because, you know, the production hadn't been there. But Coach Kevin, a former, you know, uh, tight ends guy, uh, he likes his tight ends. So uh, with Najoku, he's uh, 
Also catching the ball in the pass game. So he's got 13 for 128 and one touchdown. Now the other, um, you know, receiving threat is Kareem Hunt. He's nine. He's got nine for 54 yards and a touchdown. That's all four of their touchdowns. Two to Cooper, one to Najoku, and one to Kareem Hunt. Donovan Jones-Peoples, a big name, seven for 70, but uh, hasn't lived up to it. And uh, Harrison Bryant from Georgia is the other tight end. He's caught five uh, for 63. And so Harrison is uh, rounds out that receiving core. Uh, you know, a guy to keep uh, watch on on the benches if he gets in is uh, Swartz, Anthony Swartz. He's a speedster. So you have to be aware when he gets on the field. So those are some of the offensive highlights uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Now let's go and... Um, Here's some more here from Coach Kevin. We'll come back and discuss the defense. We kind of went over that a little bit, and uh, we'll give some closing thoughts on on the defense here. But uh, so we wanted to to the, um, Coach Kevin talked to the Cleveland media on Monday, and they they wanted to know about running of the football in the Pittsburgh game. I think you know we've mentioned this before. You go into every game trying to run and throw it. You're trying to just any which way move the ball. Uh, when you get into a second half situation, when you feel like uh, the run game is starting to get close to breaking, you know, a, a run here or there, um, you, you give the guys an opportunity to do that. Uh, having said that, it opens up opportunities in the pass game. So that's where you talk about that marriage of the run and the pass. It's really they serve each other. Uh, and in a the situation you're talking about, Dan, I think. The guys were just really coming off the ball. Uh, I think that we talked a lot about the physicality of that game. We knew that's what it was going to be, and I think we saw that our guys were really up front. Tight ends were coming off the ball. All right, that was a Thursday night game streaming on Amazon, and the Browns uh, got after the Steelers on that one. Uh, and, you know, once they got Chubb rolling, then the play action's open, and then you got the tight ends and Amari uh, Cooper to deal with. Uh, but they do have a big injury they're going to be dealing with. A team that has communications issues has, has lost their main linebacker and Anthony Walker. We got some notes here. Uh, Jacob Phillips is going to take over for him. Uh, but here's what Coach Kevin had to say on Anthony's walk, Anthony Walker's injury and the depth at the linebacker position. Yeah, we're talking through all those things, Tony. I think that's the nature of the NFL. As we all know, you get into certain weeks and you're – all of a sudden, you, you felt good about your depth, and the next thing you know, you're out two guys, whatever it may be. So we'll uh, continue to look at those type of things. But the, the guys that are here are getting a ton of reps, uh, feel very comfortable with, with the group that we have. All right, that's Coach Kevin here. Let's go over some of our defensive notes on the Browns. Uh, Jacob Phillips will take over and take um, take the uh, mic, the green dot helmet for him. Uh, just for review, Miles Garrett. Uh, no statement from the team yet. Non-threatening life injuries, but he's traumatized, and folks in Cleveland don't think he's going to be ready to play uh, this Sunday. Now, with Jadavian Clowney out with an ankle injury, he didn't play against Pittsburgh. If they don't have both of the ends, if they don't have Garrett and Clowney, then you got two rookies who might get the starts. Alex Wright, a third-round pick from Alabama, Birmingham, and then the other end would be Isaiah Thomas. 
a seventh round pick out of Oklahoma. So those are uh, some of the notes and some of the defensive uh, issues facing the Browns. Uh, secondary, uh, you know, Denzel Ward's the, um, you know, pro bowler back there. And, and if you saw that uh, Jets game near the end, that's where they, um, you know, let Corey Davis just stream down the sideline. Looked like Denzel was passing him off to the safety. Safety was off doing something else. Corey Davis was wide open and uh, Mary Kay gave us a great explanation for what happened on that play. What happened on that play and the communication issues because they had another one in a, a previous game, which she talked about. So sack-wise, um, the uh, Browns have seven. They've given up four. Miles Garrett has three. Clowney has 1.5 of their sacks. And then Phillips has one. Phillips has one of the sacks. So the um, Browns are coming to town. They won their opener in the Baker Mayfield Bowl. Uh, that was 26-24 uh, against Carolina, uh, where they shipped off Baker Mayfield too. Then they lost that one in dramatic fashion to the Jets, 31-30. to You know, uh, blown errors kind of, you know, it was a big comeback. Joe Flacco uh, did it to him. They lost the onside kick. They had Corey Davis wide open. It was a game they should have won. But did not. Then they bounced back, and um, the Pittsburgh game was close. It was really, really close. Uh, they had a 23-17 lead and, um, you know, ran out the clock for the most part. Uh, and then the um, Steelers tried to do the Stanford lateral play, ended up in the end zone, and the Browns got a, a you know, cheap touchdown late to make it look like uh, it was a bigger blowout than it was. The final score is 29-17. to 17. So uh, that's the um, Cleveland Browns. Uh, big concern here is going to be an old good uh, football game. You know, they're going to run the ball. It's not real pretty or not real cute on what the Browns do. You know, they're going to load it up with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and try to stuff it down the Falcons' throat on Sunday. And then if the Falcons come up to the line of scrimmage to to answer that, they'll throw it, try to throw it over their heads to Amari Cooper and David Njoku. So um, that's that's uh, it. Doesn't get any simpler than that when you're playing uh, the Cleveland Browns. They're gonna come in here and try to punch you in the mouth. And the fans, uh, the Falcons know the last time. Falcons fans know the last time they. Uh, went to the Falcons went to Cleveland. That's exactly what they did. Nick Chubb ran uh, ran up and down the field. It was a long day. Uh, it was Duke the Duke Riley game. Duke Riley was in there not filling the holes, and he kind of lost his job after that. They had a lot of high hopes for him. Former LSU uh, standout, but uh, they found out in that game he wanted no parts of Nick Chubb. And uh, Duke has gone on to be a good special teams player in the league, but. Uh, you know, that game in Cleveland kind of led to him being moved out of the lineup there a few years back. So the Falcons are coming in with their first win of the season, three thrilling games, uh, no question about it. And the Browns are a team that they're trying to tread water while they're waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back after his 11-game suspension. So far, they're off to a great start at 2-1, and one, and we'll see them on Sunday. Uh, the Browns. 2-1 against the Atlanta Falcons, 1-2 at 1 p.m. Sunday. 
at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, y'all had the Benz rocking at that Saints game. Uh, I haven't uh, seen the Benz rock like that for a Falcons game in a while. This will be a good one uh, where, you know, you're going to see some good old-fashioned football. Uh, and uh, we'll see if the atmosphere can keep up with uh, what what you all put out there for the Saints game. So, team's been gone for uh, on the West Coast for two games and coming back home to the Benz to take on the Cleveland Browns. So with that, we're going to get out of here and ask you all to take care. Thanks for listening to the 355th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.